0: And it's just, what I think is such a beautiful thing is it's just all these different uh, groups from all over the world, you know, that are from different countries and stuff that are all in one building and they're all cheering on one team. Kind of like yesterday at the one race, when we went to the one race yesterday, uh, man, that was, I'm going to be honest with you guys, I'll I tell you, the anointing of God was so strong at that mountain yesterday. For the short time that I was there, it was Unbelievable. I mean, I was just sitting there worshiping God and, you know... I mean, of course, we've seen black people with white people. I mean, you see it all the time. I mean, that's not like something new, you know what I'm saying? But it was something different about the atmosphere. I mean, it was just... I, it was, I mean, it was so tangible I just begin to start wanting to cry. My eyes are watering up, and I'm not a crybaby, unless I see a video on Facebook, you know, sad story, soldier come home and surprises kids, and, you know, the kid comes up, or, you know, the soldier pops out of a box, and that stuff makes me cry. So maybe I am an easy crier, okay? But I'm going to be honest with you, man, I just wanted to weep yesterday at just the presence of the Lord that was there. And it was hot I mean, it was hot. Okay. I mean, we lay, we, we sat on the grass, and I mean, we for a little while, man. My shirt started getting wet, you know, and I was like, man, we got to go, we got to go, we got to go do, go get the shade or something. But man, the presence of the Lord, the people, uh, man, what they did. It was. I believe there was some things broken, you know, over this past weekend. And I would ask that you continue to pray for that movement, okay? Because just because you have a one-day event don't mean that's going to change everything overnight, okay? It's the faithfulness of the prayers. It's the faithfulness of lifting up these situations that we begin to see the change break on racism and, and, and reconciliation and coming together and all being one. Because, guys, I think the most silliest thing is to fuss over skin color. I mean, really. I mean, I I know I say that and I know it's a hot topic and other people speak from different backgrounds and stuff, but just from my own background, I'm just going, gosh, we all bleed red. And the only color that really matters is red. Hallelujah, the blood of Jesus, amen? That's the only color that matters. So I just am so glad to to be a part of of, of a movement and and seeing the church rise up and take its place as the forerunner of helping these things come together because, man, it, it is definitely... A problem in our country, as you might well know. Uh, before I get started, we also, I want to make an announcement that uh, the, um, the children's uh, church, all the children's, the kids, and the parents are invited to go immediately following the service over to Miss Christian and Kurt's house. They're going to be cooking hamburgers. They're going to be swimming. They're going to be having a good time, okay? So please make plans if you can. Go and join them. Uh, they've got a lot of you know hamburgers go eat the hamburgers please okay we would be going but we're celebrating um, our son's birthday that's been going on for about 6 weeks now i'm thinking man how long do we celebrate a kid's birthday hallelujah i mean it, you know they say the middle child is the favorite child and we're trying not to you know we're trying to hide that and he he's not the favorite child but i was thinking man we went to top golf wednesday and spent if you've never been to top golf go to top golf but i mean we spent it's like Belinda, put the brakes on, <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to celebrate again his birthday today or we would be over there too. So are y'all ready for the word? Yeah. I mean, this word right here is going to be challenging, guys, okay? I believe this word is going to actually, you know, get us thinking a little bit more about our works instead of just our salvation. And that's what I really w- hope this message will do to all of us today. Today is uh, we're going to be talking about eternity, And do y'all have any idea how long eternity is? And, and, (laughs) it just keeps going and going and going. And did you know that each one of us are headed to that place called eternity? Everybody in this room? I know we put a lot of emphasis on this world we live in. We put a lot of emphasis on the 70, 80, or 90 years that we're here. But guys, I'm going to tell you something. If you've had loved ones that's left this world and they're in in eternity right now, I'm going to tell you something. If they're in heaven, they would not... You couldn't pay them to come back here. Amen? We have such a beautiful place awaiting us. But... Before we get to eternity, I want to kind of give you guys a newsflash. And I think that's my job as a speaker or a pastor is to forewarn the people, okay, of what's to come. Now, what you do with it is between you and God, okay? But as far as my job is to to warn you, to encourage you, to strengthen you, I want to try to do all that, and I do pray and believe that I do, Okay but today's message is more of an informational message because each one of you guys in this room today, you have a court date set. Yep. Has anybody ever been to court before? I've been to court. (laughs) I've been to court. Okay. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, man. I mean, uh, I don't know. I can't speak for y'all, but I can speak for myself. I know one time I went to DeKalb County, which that is a rat race there. My gosh, there's more people living in DeKalb County. I think it just the whole Georgia. But uh, I went to court because I was charged with passing a school bus when the school bus had its stop sign out. That's bad, ain't it? That's bad. Pastor going right past the school bus. But I plead no guilty, man. I'm not guilty of this thing, okay? Because I never seen the sign, you know? Um, it was a, like a five-lane road. I know that sounds way worse. I'm telling you, I was really innocent, y'all. Okay, I'm, There was no sign. That cop had me. He played me. But anyway, he gave me a ticket and I had to go to, to court. Uh, and I was nervous because I had already done some online research and I could tell this ticket wasn't going to be cheap. Okay, That's not a good thing. You mix kids along with the ticket. Ew, it's just not a good thing. So I'm sitting in courtroom, and it's full, and they got this lady sheriff. You know, they have, they have a, a pit bull in there all times, okay? It's just ready to whip somebody's tail. So she's there, and I'm telling you, man, you just got a little bit out of line. I mean, she was on you. So, I mean, she already had me scared. You know what I'm saying? But then they had this attorney over here that would represent some people or give you some information if you just didn't know what was happening. Because really, guys, when you go before a judge, you never really want to go by yourself. I'm going to tell you that right now usually it ain't going to work out for your good, all right? That's why you, you get attorneys. But anyway, he was over here to help people that maybe didn't have an attorney, because it wasn't, it was like, a, I guess, a small claims court. It wasn't really like, you know, a, a Supreme Court or anything like that. So I kept inching way. I mean, I, I'm sitting about eight rows back, so they're going by rows and stuff, like this, and it's getting closer to me. And then somebody says something about, well, you can plead no low. If you've never really, you know, had a ticket or anything like that, I'm thinking nolo. Okay, what's nolo means? I mean, so finally I went up and asked the guy and all that, and he told me, said, well, you can plead nolo. That means that you know you can plead guilty, but I guess the nolo would keep it to where the fine would go down. It wouldn't be that bad. It wouldn't be on your record if you've never, if you've not done that. Okay, I don't understand all of that, but I I was so excited when I went up there and pleaded nolo, and the judge, you know, his the fine was so much less, and I had this wad of cash. I mean, I felt like a drug dealer, man, because you ain't going to jail. And, I mean, if you can't pay the fine, you're gone. You know, they, I mean, they give you so much time to get that money up there. So I was like, I mean, I got the cash, you know what I'm saying, all we had. But I'm sitting there looking at it, and I only had to pay a little bit. And I was like, wow, thank you, Jesus. But I just remember how it felt being in that courtroom. It was not a comfortable feeling. And I am want to tell you something, guys. As we sit here today, and many of y'all, if not all of y'all, are saved. We all have a court date coming up. We're going to stand before God, the great judge one day. Okay? Whether you're lost or whether you're saved, it don't matter. All of creation will stand before the Creator, and they will give an account of what they did in this life. And your works have everything to do with what you do in eternity. We put very little emphasis on works, but I'm telling you, it's very, very important. So, I looked up the definition of eternity. And many of y'all may, may know some of these things, but eternity is uh, the quality or state of being eternal, infinite time lasting throughout eternity, the state after death, a seemingly endless or immeasurable time and eternity of delays. I like this, infinite time, duration without a beginning or an end. You know, we live in time. God don't live in time. It's okay, when you get outside of this world, there is no time. That's why when you get to heaven, some of your loved ones are going to look at you and go, Wow, you're here? Man, man, it's just going to seem like it was hardly not at long at all, you know. But in the world we live in, we think, you know, a week or a month is a long time. And I guess in some ways it could be. But man, once we get outside of this time bubble, it's going to be awesome. Amen. So I just want to kind of talk to you guys today on eternity. And I want to talk about where you're going to spend eternity and how you're going to spend eternity. Where you spend eternity and how you spend eternity is your what? Choice. That means you have a choice of all this going down, okay? That means what you decide to believe, what you decide to do on this earth has everything to do with what happens when you leave here, okay? We are saved by grace and grace alone. It is a free gift from God. So see, salvation is something we can't earn. It is a free gift, okay? But our works is a little bit different. But the Bible has a lot to talk about when it comes to God judging our works and talking about works. Works will be judged no matter if you're a Christian or not. People say works don't matter after you get saved. The Bible says different. Amen. I mean, you hear a lot of grace teaching that sometimes will lead people to believe that you know, no matter what you do, it really don't matter. You're saved. You've confessed, confessed Jesus. Boom, you're good to go. And I'm going to tell you something, guys. That is not true at all even though salvation's a free gift and when you receive it, you're going to heaven. I really believe on that day when you're standing before the great judge and he looks at you, man, you're going to really wish you would have done something for him. I mean that. I mean, Jesus is our prime example. He came here and he did what his father asked him to do. He did it flawlessly. He did it you know, not even counting himself worthy of any pleasure, anything like that. He laid down his life for his brethren. He laid down his life for us. If he did that, we should be attempting to do that. Amen? So we're going to look at works today. But in order to, um, to get a hold of this, we've got to believe two words, and that's going to be my first point, is belief and behavior. Okay? Belief is what you believe as far as getting Jesus in your heart. We believe that. That's something that's a free gift. Okay? You can't earn that. But your belief determines where you spend eternity. Your behavior determines how you will spend eternity. I mean, guys, we're being reviewed, okay? God is reviewing us. We think that we get away with things. And sometimes we even will say that. Man, how are they getting away with that? How do they get away with lying? How do they get away with stealing? How do they get away with that kind of stuff? Nobody gets away with nothing. Nobody does. That means your actions are going to be exposed, even if you think you're getting away. And sometimes we do think people get away with certain things, but they are not going to get away with it. Amen? Our behavior matters whether you're lost or saved. Let me remind you about this free gift in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. I love that right there. There's nobody in heaven today that is is saying and making the comment, man, I got myself here. Nobody. You cannot get yourself to heaven. You have to put your faith in the grace of salvation. Hallelujah. But it goes on to say this right here in verse 10. It says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. Now check this out. Which God prepared in advance for us to what? To do. So there we go. We're talking about good works and for us to do them. He wouldn't have put that scripture in there if works didn't matter. Oh, He's already prepared good works before us, and He's expecting each one of us to do them. And when we don't do them, guess what? It's not going for our good. It's not going to be good for us in the long run. Grace is a free gift from God. Belief, receive free gift, you are saved. That means that Uh, When you get, uh, the grace supplies the salvation, it's our faith in the grace that causes us to receive the salvation. I say this all the time, guys, but what you believe is seen by what you do. Seriously, and that goes with anything in life. If you say you believe a thing, then we're going to see some actions that follow what you say you believe, amen? And it's no different with our Christian walk. There's a lots of scriptures that talk about works being just. So let's look at them. I'm just going to kind of go through them and we're going to look at them. And you just see all of the scriptures that talk about it. Let's start in Ecclesiastes 12, 14. It says, For God will bring every work into judgment. How many works? Yes. Every work. Including every what? So see, there's nothing going unnoticed. Because there's many people that come to church, but they got a closet full of stuff that they continue to do and think that nobody sees on the computer at night looking at porn when nobody's up thinking you're getting away with it. You're not getting away with it. Now the good thing about this, before I go any further, is when you ask God to forgive you of a thing, it's gone. He don't remember that no more. That's the great thing about repentance. It's a gift. So when we do do something and we feel bad about it and we ask God to forgive us, guess what? He blots it out. That's not going to be, you will not hear about that, okay? It's done. It's the great thing about the grace of God. Not only does He give us salvation, the grace of God gives us repentance. We get to repent on a daily basis. That's why David said, I repent daily. Amen? So it's a good thing to add that to your prayer, okay, every morning. It's just go ahead and repent, okay? Whether good or evil. So for for God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it's good or evil. Revelation 20, 13. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. That means everybody that died lost and without Jesus, they go to a holding cell called Hades or hell. But they are released to go where? Before God. They're going before God. Everybody goes before God, okay? Because that would be an unjust judge to send somebody to a place without telling them why they're going there, right? There's no judge that does that. That's why you have trials, okay, that go on and on and on for a long time, and then they give them a sentence. They go. They don't just sentence them, okay? They hear them out, and then they give them the sentence according to what they did. But the seed gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his what? Works. 1 Peter 1.17. Now those two scriptures were kind of talking about sinners and lost people, but listen to what Peter says here. He says, and if you call on the Father, and how many of y'all in here have called on the Father? We've all called on the Father. He says, who without partiality judges according to each one's what? Work. And then he goes on to say, conduct yourselves throughout the time you, of your stay here in fear. Does that mean scared? No. In reverence of a God who has taken notice of everything you're doing. I'm telling you guys, if we could ever get a picture of God is watching everything we do, And He's not watching everything we do from a standpoint of wanting to hit you over the head and beat you up and, you know, just, you know, make you feel bad and condemn you. No, He loves you. He's watching you, and He wants to help you make the right decisions in life. I mean, we've all made stupid decisions in here, right? We've all did something and went, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. We've all said that, okay? He is wanting to keep us from those moments, okay? Okay? And that's why He watches us and, and hopefully if we'll call on Him, He'll help us. Now these are the words of Jesus in Matthew 16, 27. It says, For the Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He will reward each according to His what? That's in red, guys. On my paper and in the book, <laughs> it ain't red there, but it is red. This Jesus talking. He's going to reward us. Now check out what He says in Revelation 22:12. This is the last chapter in the Bible, right here. Jesus giving like the final words before they close the book. He said, and behold, I'm coming quickly. See, to us, quickly is like, yeah, right. Dude, man, they've been talking about Jesus coming back for how many years? We've had people even say, okay, on September such and such. I know with us it was September something, 1988. I mean, he was was about to come back. Well, man, we done blew past 1988. And then somebody will say something else. You know what I'm saying? We've been expecting him to come, and in our mind... And in the world's mind, it seems like it's been a long time. Jesus said He's coming back quickly. (laughs) And He said, hey, look, I'm coming back quickly, and my what is with me? My reward is with me to give to everyone according to His salvation. Is that what it says? No. To Him being saved. No, it don't say that at all. According to His or her work. You know, I want this message to stir us all up because there's many of you in here that are working hard unto the Lord. There's many of you guys that are doing some things for the Lord. And I want to encourage you today that what you're doing for the Lord, He notices everything. I showed up and I see Mary out there. She's sweeping the sidewalk. You know what I'm saying? And you know what? Most of y'all don't even know she swept that sidewalk. You know? Most of y'all, it wouldn't even, it's not even a big deal. You know, I wouldn't even notice. It's no big deal. But did you know God is writing that down? Mary, wow. Man, she's sweeping that sidewalk. Right now we got Christy back there. She's watching the little baby. Now to us in here, I mean, we would probably come to church and leave and not even think nothing about it, but guess what the father's doing? Christy watching the baby. we got people upstairs teaching children how to serve God, how to go after God. Miss Christy up there, and she's probably got a helper up there too. God's making a note. Media, music, everything we do, straighten up chairs, pick up some trash, God is making a note of everything. One day you're going to stand before Him, not me. That's why I encourage everybody all the time, do what you do for Him and do it well. And do it with a heart of gratefulness and being thankful that you get an opportunity. And it don't matter if nobody ever sees. It don't matter if you ever get no praise because there's coming a day when He's going to call you out. And He's going to say, Maggie, come up here. And man, when He starts praising you in front of millions of people, that's what you want, amen, because your Father's happy, amen. So all of our works will be judged by God. That's very clear in the Bible. Would y'all not say that's clear? That's very clear. We're not saved by works. That means you can't earn your salvation. That is a free gift. We're not talking about It's not a salvation thing we're talking about today. You're going to stand before God, and you're going to give an account of what you did for Him after salvation. That's why works are so important. And I'm going to tell you something. The reason why people get cold in their walk with God is they don't do nothing for God. I'm going to tell you something. If church is all you do once a week, you're going to live a cold Christian life. You're going, to be a, you're going to be a hypocrite. You're going to be up and down all over the place. You're not going to be on fire for God because you have to mix works with the free gift of salvation. They go together. If Jesus would have just come and He wouldn't have did anything, He would have just come, I'm the Son of God, and He wouldn't have did no work, where would we be at today? Lost. No Savior. No sins being you know, uh, washed away. It was the work He did along with who He was that brought us this. Belief determines where you spend eternity. Behavior determines how you spend eternity. But the key is, guys, no one has perfect behavior. And I don't want you to trip up over this. We don't have perfect, perfect behavior. What I'm talking about, guys, is when you get saved, you get a new heart. That means what you used to do. You don't want to do anymore. You feel bad when you do it. When you say something you shouldn't say, you feel bad about it. When you do something you shouldn't do, you feel bad about it. That's what I'm talking about. If you got saved and you continue to do your old things and you don't even have you don't feel bad about it, you didn't get a new heart. I'm gonna be honest with you, you didn't get saved. Because I'm gonna tell you something. You cannot tell me you get saved and then you stay the same. Because you're telling me the precious blood of Jesus is not strong enough to give you a new heart and Matt, my friend I don't believe there's a lot of people that talk about they believe in Jesus but their actions don't reveal it and I'm gonna be honest with you I I just have a problem I, I don't I don't believe you're saved I'm not saying perfect behavior but man if you don't feel bad about some of the things you you're doing that are wrong man I question is your heart really turned toward God amen and we wanna we wanna address that because again each one of us has a court date you're going to stand before God. And you're not going to have any reason to stand before Him and go, Man, I didn't know. Oh, yeah, you know. You're going to really know after the day, okay? So you won't have that. And I think it's good, okay? Your belief determines your behavior, but your behavior displays what you believe. That's good. Even if I said it. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I like that, okay? Because that reminds me that my behavior reveals what I believe. Amen? People say they believe in Jesus, but they feel they don't live for Him. Amen? They don't believe. I just don't believe that. You believe you receive a new heart. Your desire should be to follow God. Man, when I got saved, guys, that's all I wanted was more of Jesus. I couldn't get enough of Jesus. I was so excited about this new relationship I had with Him. This Bible was all I wanted. I mean, I slept with my Bible. I mean, I just wanted more of Jesus. There was a new heart. And I'm going to tell you, I had a bad heart. I mean, smoking dope, doing things I shouldn't did, drinking, cussing. Man, I cussed bad. Anybody ever, ever cussed really bad? Y'all got some cussers in here? Y'all can cuss real good? Man, I'm telling you, I could cuss. And I mean, dude, it was like, man, it was like language. It was just normal for me. I mean, I'd be working in a house and in construction, and they would come to me and say, Hey, look, man, a lady's in here. Would you just kind of chill out for a minute? Because it was just so natural, you know? But, man, that stuff just went away instantly when I received Jesus. Because He gave me a new heart. I didn't become perfect, but there was a part of me that wanted to start doing right. Even though I didn't know what all right was, I still was interested in doing something different than I was. Amen? Hallelujah. Now I want to show you the believer's and the non-believer's judgment. Works are being judged, not believing. Believing is chosen while you're living on earth. That means while you're living, guys, what you believe in is done right here. That means when you die, you don't get to change what you believed on this earth. That means when you breathe your last, what you said you believed here goes with you there. Whether it's believing in Jesus or it's rejecting Jesus. Okay, But I want to bring to you that there's two judgments. There's a judgment for believers and there's a judgment for non-believers. Again, we have a righteous judge. okay, And he's going to judge each one of us accordingly. This should put the fear of God in all of us today. That knowing that everything we do, I'm telling you, good or bad, He's going to judge us. So we should repent when we do something bad, and we should rejoice when we do something good. Amen? And if, you, you know, if you're a person that does journaling, journal all the good things you're doing. And when you do something bad, write it down, but say, I repented this date." Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? And just get real with this stuff. Because one day you're going to stand before a perfect judge, and He don't budge. He don't have an attorney or you won't be able to get a defense attorney to get you wiggled out of this. And so many people today that they believe one thing, they reject Jesus, and then they die. And I'm going to tell you something. They would give anything to be able to go back and make that decision right again. We have that recorded in uh, uh, John chapter 16 of the rich man in Lazarus. He died and he was in this place of hell. And he looked up to Abraham and he said, hey, go tell my brothers, go tell my family. They don't want to come here. That's a voice that echoes from everybody that left this earth and they didn't know Jesus. Amen? But we want to talk a little bit about this this judgment. The first one I want to talk about is the judgment seat of Christ. Now, how many of y'all would guess what this judgment is for? Who's it for? The judgment seat of Christ. Man, this is a good message today. Hallelujah. This is for you if you're saved. This is the one we go to, okay? Okay. The judgment seat of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, the Apostle Paul, he reveals it this way. He said, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he or she has done, whether good or bad. If this judgment, guys, were not judged for our sins, Jesus already took those. So at this point, you're already a believer, okay? You're going to heaven, okay? Your works, whether you do some good ones or not, has no bearing on you going to heaven. You will be there. You'll be in heaven. But the Bible's very clear that Jesus even said that there'll be some that rule over five cities. There's going to be some that rule over ten cities. There's going to be things we do, okay? Because currently in Revelations chapter 20, they are working on a place called the New Jerusalem. The new Jerusalem will one day, when Jesus comes back to reign, will come back down and land where Jerusalem is today. This whole world will be cleaned up with fire. That means everything bad will be burned up and everything will be made new. This earth will be brought back into the Garden of Eden that it was before all the sin came on the earth. And in this city of Jerusalem, as well as probably all over the world, guess who's going to be working this place? You and me. Those that didn't get it here, you're going to probably go to school there. And they're going to kind of get you up to speed to where you can kind of go do some things. All right? You're going to be in heaven and that's a good thing. But I'm just telling you guys, when you're standing before Jesus and he's looking at you in your eyes, and man, you didn't do nothing for him. Mmm. Mm, 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 man. Again, it's not a salvation issue. It's a, you wasted your life. You gave your life for other things. You chose to do other things. Hallelujah. According to the Bible, we will receive a reward, or guess what? We will lose a reward. Let's look at this in Romans 14.10. It says, But why do you judge your brother? Or why do you show contempt for your brother? For we shall all stand before the what? The judgment seat of Christ. Don't judge other people. If you're going to judge anybody, judge you. Work heavily on you. Because the minute you think you arrived, that was your downfall. You just thought you arrived. Continually judge yourself. Paul goes on to tell us in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 10, he says, according to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Okay, well the foundation is who? Jesus. Jesus is the foundation. And he says, another builds on it. He's writing to the Corinthian church. Guess what he's telling them? Y'all are another. Y'all are building on the foundation of Jesus. Guess what we're doing? We're continually building on the foundation of Jesus. Amen? His kingdom is being built on this earth by human vessels, by people. All right? And that's what he's saying, that, that you are building upon it. We are building upon it. And then he goes on to say, but let each one take heed how he or she builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That means there is no other way to God. There is no other kingdom building that matters other than the kingdom of God being built on the foundation of Jesus. And he goes on to say, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stone, those those can go through the fire and they'll come out. You can take those jewels through the fire and they'll come out. But look at the next three. Wood, hay, and straw. Now you know those three, when they go through the fire, how long will they last? They ain't going to last long, amen? He goes on to say, each one's work will become clear for the day, and that's capitalized, guys. It's talking about that day, the judgment seat of Christ, will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which has built on it endures he will receive a reward if anyone's work is burned he will suffer what is your works a big deal yeah. guys your works are a huge huge deal that means you're going to take your works that are either going to be gold they're going to be silver they're going to be bronze and you're going to stand before the fire and the fire is going to come out and it's going to hit you And you're either going to be standing there holding your your, your gold, silver and bronze or you're going to have hay and straw and stubble or whatever and the fire is going to hit it and you're going to be just smoking there. And you're going to be looking at Jesus after this happens. This is a huge, huge deal. Every single one of us has a court date we're getting ready to go to. Whether you do it when you're 100, whether you do it when you're 80, whatever, we're all going to stand before Jesus one day and our works really matter. Paul is letting us know that now that we are saved, we can do some things for Jesus that can bring us a reward when we get to heaven. You will be very glad that you worked so faithfully for Him down here. If you do nothing, you will get nothing. And I'm just telling you guys, let's take salvation to a whole other level. Let's go all in for Jesus. I mean, why sign up for the class and not give the class your full attention? If we sign up for the class, why don't we take the material, let it get in us, and let's actually do it and put more emphasis on that material than we put on the other material of this world. We spend so much time trying to please people that don't even care about us. We work so hard to to make somebody like us. And at the end of the day, they'll betray you. You follow what I'm saying? We work so hard to obtain a house and obtain a car and obtain all this stuff. Climb the ladder of success only to find out that you die and none of that goes with you. You work so hard and you put all this money in the bank and you got all this retirement to die to find out that you didn't do nothing for God. All you did was for you. All you did was build your kingdom. Amen? Amen? Do we not enjoy life? Do we not do things? Yes, we do things. Yes, we have fun. Yes, we enjoy the world that we live in. All I'm saying is, is let's get caught up in doing what God has for us to do. And it ain't just at church. It's at school. It's at work. It's wherever you're at and God taps you on the shoulder. And He says, hey man, would you help them out? Would you buy them lunch? Would you give them $5? Would you help? Whatever it may be. That's works for God. Amen? So let's look at what Jesus had to say about this in Matthew 6. His own words, he said, Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will himself do what? Himself. He is personally going to reward you openly one day. Personally. Friend, that's a big deal. There's a lot of people you might think you want to meet one day. (laughs) There may be a lot of people that you think, wow, if I could just meet them or if I could just you know, get close to them, maybe have dinner with them. Friend, there ain't nobody like the great I am steps down off his throne and he personally comes to you and he personally hands you a reward. There's nothing greater than that right there, my friend. And that's what he said he will do if we will do things without trying to be seen. Now, listen, I know a lot of people say, well, you know what? You never really want to uh, give nothing and somebody know you give it away. No, that's not what Jesus is saying here. He, it, it's fine if I was wanting to give Tina something and me and Belinda walked up and we gave her a million dollars. It's, it's okay, okay? What, what they don't want is this right here. Uh, hey, guys, I want to let you all know uh, that today me and Belinda are going to give Tina a million dollars. Yeah, man, put your hands together for Nathan and Belinda. We're going to give away a million dollars today. Woo! Man, that's what he's talking about, Okay. It ain't saying go sit a million dollars in her car and then run and never, you know. (laughs) That's, you know, it's it's ridiculous, okay? It's just your heart. What's your heart, okay? There's nothing wrong with Because to me, if I had a million dollars to give you, Tina, I would want to hang around and I'd want to be able to rejoice with her. Because anybody in this room, if somebody handed you a million dollars, you wouldn't probably say, oh, thank you, man. Have a good day. Uh Uh-uh. There would be a little bit of praise going on even if you wasn't saved. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get happy, all right? And I'd want to hang around and get happy with them. Okay? That's, that's just, you know, that's just... I mean, that's not what Jesus was saying. But the Father will personally reward us openly before everyone. That should motivate us to live a godly life. That should be motivation for us to live a godly life. You shouldn't need to have anybody cheer you on every single day. Or a podcaster pick you up every day. No! Just know that the God of all earth, of heaven and earth, is going to one day reward you openly in front of everybody. Well, you may say, well, man, I just don't, I don't like to be in front of crowds. Oh, that crowd you'll want to be in front of. <laughs> that crowd you will want to be in front of. Because it'll be a crowd that whenever they do call your name out, man, you talk about encouragement. You talk about some people cheering you on. Man, there ain't no sporting event to be like that right there. It's going to be a great, great day. Okay? Hallelujah. First uh, John 2:28 First John 2:28, let's just continue on with this. It says, uh, "And now little children, abide in who? God, that when He appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. Wow, That's a powerful verse right there. That means he could come and you would be ashamed. Why would a person be ashamed at his coming? They hadn't done anything just kind of been living for themselves. Been taking church as a casual thing, like it's not that big a deal. It's just something I'll do every now and then if I feel like it. I got a busy schedule, Tina. I got a busy life. You know what I'm saying? I got important things to do. We'll squeeze church in if, you know, if we've got time. You know, That's why churches all over Henry County right now look like this. They're everywhere. We're not the only church that don't have a full house. I can promise you that today. Okay. It's because it's not a big deal to a lot of people. And it's not a big deal to the ones that know it's a big deal. They've been taught it's a big deal. We've just let the enemy come in and poison us with being distracted with things. We've let the evil one come in and begin to get us more focused on the external instead of the internal. And I'm telling you guys, yesterday when I was at that one race and I'm sitting there looking at all these people, they had one common goal. And that was to bring reconciliation to America, to bring revival to America. They wanted to see a move of God. They were hungry. And I'm telling you guys, that's where it starts. When a group of people like this gets on fire for God, we're not on fire for God for ourselves. We're not on fire for God and wanting our name to be known and what we do to be known and blah, blah, blah. No, we're in this thing to see Jesus be made known absolutely throughout the community. And we are going all out for Him. And we will do whatever it takes to see Jesus be made famous, whatever it takes. Whatever the call may be, whatever the need may be, we're there. Financially, physically, it don't matter. Jesus' kingdom is more important than my kingdom. Because I'm going to tell you something. My kingdom will be built when I put his kingdom first. Amen? But I'm going to tell you something, man. I want to stand before Jesus and him look at me and go, Hey, Nathan, way to go, buddy. You did it. Wow, you're amazing. Get up here, man. I want to hug you. I want to give you this big reward. You are awesome. Thank you for laying your life down for me. I'm not saying I'm there. (laughs) I mean, I'm working just like you guys. I want to strive, and I I am striving. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Let me ask you this, guys. If you was in a big warehouse working, and there was like two or 300 people in this warehouse, and everybody's working and doing things, how many of you know there'd be some people that would be loafing around? There'd be some people that wouldn't take their job that serious. Some people maybe show up, you know, late, get there when they can. Just do enough to get by. When the boss steps away, they kind of lax a daisy, check their phone, check Facebook, check the stuff. Phone, boss comes back around with, hey, hey, what's going on, brother? we working, man. We're kicking it. And soon he leaves, you know what I'm saying? We'd have it. But then you'd have some that would be diligent, that would be working really hard, that would be kicking it. I mean, man, they're there early. They stay late. They're getting it done. They're knocking it out. I mean, they're, that company means something to them. Let me ask you something. Would everybody in that company deserve the same reward? Well, that's a few of you. Okay, well, let me ask you this. As a Christian, as a follower of Christ, you've got this Christian here that don't go to church, but when they want to, they don't serve, they don't give, they don't really do anything really other than that they just believe in Jesus, which is a good thing. And then you have this other Christian. On fire for God, witnessing, giving, serving, there all the time, helping Jesus build his kingdom, and he's going all out on the day of judgment. Should they both get the same reward? Well, we got a few of you that are right. <laughs> no, that would make God a what? Unjust judge. So on that day, there's going to be a lot of Christians that think they're going to get something. Guys, you're not doing God a favor by serving Him. You're doing yourself a favor by serving Him. Because everybody in this room's got a court date, and you will not be standing with your friends at this court date. You're going to be all alone, all by yourself. You're going to be standing with your spouse. <laughs> You'll be standing with you. And I want you guys to really get that. So, number one, we got to understand our belief and behavior. Number two, the judgment seat of Christ. And number three, the great. White throne judgment. This is for non-believers. They're going to be judged just like we are judged. Revelations 20, verses 11 through 13. Let's read it. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose faith the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books, plural, were opened. And another book, singular, was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the works by the things which were written in the books, plural. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Did you notice the books, plural, and the book, singular? The book, singular, is the book of life. That is the book that has everybody's name in it that is what? Saved. You gave your heart to Jesus. That means that book's going to be opened up on that day. Just It's going to look like a lot of the courtrooms, you know, when somebody did something they shouldn't have done and they've been pronounced guilty and they get upset and they cry and all that. It's going to be that way when you have every person out of Hades, everywhere coming, and your name's not in that book. And Jesus has to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. Depart from me. I didn't know you. Depart from me. Okay, that is going to be a sad day for all of us to watch that happen, but it's going to happen. Your either name is in that book or it ain't in the book, but then I want to focus on the books, okay, because the books that he's talking about here, plural, that reveals our works, okay, that's the books he's got that's got all of our works in it. Everybody in here, your name's in there and all of your works is in there that you've done, okay, okay. Now, I know to our mind, we can't hardly understand that because we have a, you know, a limited understanding, okay? God knows the hairs on your head. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. When's the last time you counted that? Has anybody ever counted the hairs on their head? Said I got 2,335,000. No, 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 you ain't counting that. But He knows the numbers. He's got good books. How many of you know He keeps good books? Good books, man, okay? He's got some Good books. But our beliefs will not be judged on that day. Because again, what you believe has already been settled at this point. Okay? There is no getting up there and crying before God and then Him changing His mind. Oh, yeah, I knew you meant to get saved. Oh, yeah, you're good. Uh-uh. Nah, nah, bro. Nah, it's over. It's over. That's why, as believers and followers of Christ, we should always be looking for ways to get the gospel into somebody's life. Because you are standing beside somebody that has a heartbeat and a soul and a spirit that one day will depart. And they'll either depart for the good or the bad. And we want to make sure that we help as many as we can to get to heaven. Are there levels of punishment for non-believers? Yes. Are there levels of rewards for believers? Yes. There's levels for both. Okay? And I've already given you the one about Christians. But you have non-believers too, guys, that are going to stand before this awesome judge. And you have some non-believers that don't believe in God. And they're good people. They just don't believe. You know, they could be atheists It don't cause no problem. They just don't believe in Christ. They don't believe in serving God. And they go about their life and they just they live a quiet life and they don't really get in the way of everybody. And, you know, um, that, that, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. And they die and they go before the Lord. But then there's other people like Adolf Hitler that killed six million Jews. Do you think his judgment is going to be a little bit more severe? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, it's going to be a lot more severe. They're going to be judged according to what they did as well. And they're going to go to a place of eternal damnation and hell, but it's going to be different levels of torment that they're going to have to experience because of their actions. Everybody's going to be judged according to what you did. And you may say, well, where's that in the Bible? Well, let's, let's just read that. Hallelujah. That way you can see it. Okay, in Matthew eleven twenty 20 says this. Jesus talking again. Then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done, because they did not repent. He said, "Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable, less suffering. In the Greek, is what tolerable really means, less suffering. Okay, for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you, it'll be less suffering." What's that? It tells you there's levels. There's levels. Amen? He goes on to say this And you, Capernaum, who are exalted to heaven, will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for you. More tolerable, less suffering. What is he saying? There is levels of judgment that's coming to them as well. Amen? Jesus is saying that there will be a stricter judgment on you for not believing in me. That's what he was talking about. Because these three cities right here... What theologians call, is like uh, an evangelical triangle. Bethsaida, Corazon, and Capernaum. They kind of show this triangle on the map. And that's basically where all Jesus did all His mighty works. And what He's saying is, you've seen me. You've seen the Son of God. You've seen what I could do. You've seen what I did, but yet you chose not to believe. So a greater judgment is going to come on you because you saw me and you didn't believe. Guys, we have heard the words of Jesus. We've got the word of Jesus. There is everybody on the planet will hear the gospel at some time in their life. I don't care who they are. And they have the choice to either choose Him or reject Him. Amen? And I'm telling you guys, it's just we have Jesus and we got to, we got to receive it. Amen? we got to receive it. Glory to God. Y'all have heard of the Bermuda Triangle, haven't you? Easy to get lost in the Bermuda Triangle. People go into the Bermuda Triangle and they never see Him again. Okay? Well, what Jesus was saying, this was the greatest time for you guys to get saved as I'm standing before you. In these three cities, they saw all these mighty works and they decided not to get saved. So because they chose not to get saved, he said, look, Sodom and Gomorrah don't have nothing on you. You're going to be punished. And Sodom and Gomorrah was a pretty bad place, guys, okay? It wasn't just homosexuality in Sodom and Gomorrah. That was a wicked city gone bad with all kinds of wickedness, okay? But he told them that they would be judged greater. It would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than for you. I'm telling you guys, nobody's getting away with nothing. Nobody's getting away with nothing. We're all going to the courtroom of heaven. Another scripture in Romans 2.5 says this, But because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. These are scriptures you don't really hear a lot about because it don't make you hang off the lights and make you run and get excited. But friend, if you will get this in your heart and you'll run with it and know that you're living for something greater than the present, it will fire you up and it will get you doing the right thing. God's not trying to chastise everybody and make everybody feel bad. He's really sent me here today to let you know, hey, look, man, we got a little bit more time and then we're going to step into eternity to where there's no change in some things. And what we do here matters. If we fuss and fight, it matters. If we agree and in unity, it matters. If we get stuff done for Jesus, it matters. If we don't get stuff done for Jesus, it matters. Let's take this walk serious, man. Take your Christian walk serious. More serious than you do any other walk in your life. If we worked as hard with our relationship with Jesus as we do, as our school, is our education, is our career, my God, this world would be different. We wouldn't have 3 or 4% giving in the body of Christ. We wouldn't have record lows in attendance. Why? Because they would see fire. They would see change. They would see things happening in our own life. Amen? And that's what we're called to do as a church. Can we say amen? Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Unbelievers are storing up wrath with their sins. So every time a sinner just continually uh, rejects Jesus, what are they doing? They're storing up, they're storing up and it's not going to be good. Jesus said to believers, for us to store up treasures in heaven. You remember that scripture? He told us to store up treasures in heaven. There is more people, and I wrote this down, there is more people that give to their IRA instead of their ERA. Their eternal retirement account. There's more people that spend more money on themselves than they give to the work of God. And they think that's okay. Okay. It's okay with me. I, I, I'm not, it's, not, it's not got nothing to do with me. I'm not the one going to be judging you. But every time you choose you over Jesus, there's a book <laughs> that's being wrote down. And guys, it ain't just about money. Okay? It ain't just about money. But that's one of the biggest things in the church. You have a preacher stand up and talk about money, what happens? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All he wants is the money. Who's behind that? The devil's behind that. Is there some junk going on? Yes. Is there some, you know, stuff going on that ain't right? Yes. That don't make everybody that way, okay? And it don't make the principle right, amen? We should be giving, serving, loving, helping, I mean, with everything we have, amen? Glory to God. And you do. You're faithful. I appreciate it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Will some believers receive a stricter judgment? Just say yes. Let's all practice. Everybody together say Yes. Okay, all right, y'all answer the question. Y'all should feel good, hallelujah. <laughs> Belinda, she, y'all, when I ask a question like that, she don't want to answer because she thinks I'm tricking her. Do y'all think that too? I'm trying to trick y'all? We, there is some, guys, and, and, and you know this, this person really well, and it's me. It's me. The Bible says in James 3.1, says, Not many of you should become teachers serving in an official teaching capacity. My brothers and sisters, for you know that we, who are teachers, will be judged by a higher standard because we have assumed greater accountability and more condemnation if we teach incorrectly. I'm going to tell you something, guys. And I think about this all the time before I prepare a message and before I get up here to speak. I do not want to ever get up here and say something that ain't right. I don't want to ever get up here and say my opinion because I know one day I'm going to stand before the Master. And anybody that stands up behind this pulpit I don't care if it's with the youth. I don't care who it's with. When you stand up here and you bring His Word, you're going to be standing in a place of a higher judgment, stricter judgment. And that's why I ask most people when they're going to come up here, Hey, you sure? (laughs) You sure? (laughs) Not to scare nobody, but I'm going to tell you something. this This is big time. I mean, it is. And I take it serious. And if you're teaching on your job the Word of God, guess what you do? You fall in the same place. If you're sharing this Bible with somebody and it ain't right, You're going to be stricter judgment for you too. So, we have two judgments that's going to happen, guys, and we're all headed there. And I didn't want this message to be one that made everybody feel bad because that's not the case here. I wanted to bring an awareness to everybody that number one, if you are working hard for the Lord, you're giving, you're serving, you're loving, boom, two thumbs up. Keep going. If you're not, and you're doing just enough to get by, you're just doing enough to ease your conscience. Or if you're doing it with the wrong motive, stop doing it. Amen? If you're doing it just because you want to try to make yourself feel good, stop it. You're not doing the church no favors. Okay? I'm saying let's go all in. If we want to see change in our personal lives, in the lives of this church, it's going to take us going all in. Ain't that right, Catherine? all in, right? We're going to have to go all, all, all in. Amen? We can't look to the right or the left and go, well, why ain't they on fire? Or why ain't they? No, you get on fire for Jesus. Amen? And you begin to burn. You begin to not make excuses of why we don't come to church. You make reasons why we come to church. Amen? We don't look for opportunities to, to miss out on small groups or, or miss out on youth events or, or youth services. No, we make time. We go get it. Amen? Amen? And I'm telling you, you'll see things happen in your life that is amazing. The Father is watching all of us. So today I want to ask a couple questions. Are your works reflecting a life committed to Jesus? Do your actions match what you say you believe? And if you died right now, which judgment would you go to? You know I mean I want you to think about this. Judge yourself. What is your action saying you believe? What are your actions saying you believe? Let's all bow our head and close our eyes. Oh, Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we just thank you. Hallelujah. You're a good, good Father. Oh, Father, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father. We love you so much, Father. We thank you for what you're doing right now in our hearts, in our lives. And I thank you, Lord, for this word. I thank you, Lord, for reminding me that I'm not just living for the present, I'm living for something eternal. And I pray, Father God, I receive this word today. I receive this word to push me to be greater, push me to work harder, push me to to put you first in every area of my life, in my giving in my serving, in my loving, in my helping others, Father. Father, I pray that you start with me because I want to stand before you one day and I want you to say to me, Nathan, thank you. Thank you for living for me and not living for yourself. Thank you. And I pray, Lord, that you give me a heart to be able to do that. Give me the grace to be able to do that. Now if that's you today and maybe this message touched you, maybe you, you look at your own life and you go, you know what, Nathan, you know what, man, that was some, that was some pretty, pretty powerful stuff and I'll be honest with you, man, I haven't really been doing what God's asked me to do or maybe I've been doing it with the wrong motive, the wrong attitude. You know, guys, it only takes you simply repenting to a Heavenly Father that loves you so much. And then He'll put you back on the road. And He'll help you. He'll give you every tool you need. He'll give you everything you need to be successful. If that's you today, I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I, I just want to pray over you today. And I want you to receive the Word of God. I want you to receive the prayer. And if there is things in your life that you you need to change, then, then change them. Let today be the day you change. And let's begin to do what God's asked us to do. Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for each and every one of my brothers and sisters that are here today. I pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, that you give them the grace and the ability to be sold out to you in everything they do. That, Father God, we live this life for you. I pray, Father God, that the blood of Jesus would cover each and every one of them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. That, Father God, right now, as as many in here may be repenting and asking you to forgive them for the things they've known they should have done but they haven't done, I thank you, Lord, for your love and and your forgiveness actually working in them, Father, in Jesus' name because you're not there to to hit us over the head. No, you're there to, to restore us and help us and get us back going in the right direction. And I pray that's going on right now. And I thank You, Lord, that this church will not be a church that just does things for themselves. No, we will be a church that works very hard and very intentional about doing things for others. We exist to help others, Father. And I pray, Father God, that today we recognize and realize that we all have a court date before You, Heavenly Father. And oh, how You want us to stand before You. And for you to be able to just read off all the good things because we chose you over other things. And Father, I just thank you that today we're going to make that adjustment. That if we're not involved, we're going to get involved. We're going to find something to do. We're going to put our hand to the work of God. And we're going to build on the foundation of Jesus. I just give you praise and glory and honor, Father God, for what you're doing in our lives. And that, Father God, we pray for every lost person that's connected to anybody in this room. We pray, Father God, that their eyes will be opened, their understanding will be enlightened. If we have lost sons and daughters, they're coming back home. If we have lost spouses, they're opening their eyes to Jesus, Father God. If we have lost aunts and uncles and cousins, Father God, we pray that the Holy Spirit of God is touching them right now. If we have lost co-workers, that Father God, you, you anoint and equip us to be able to speak into their lives. And Father God, that we say the right things. And that Father God, their eyes are open, their hearts are open to receive what you have for them. We give you praise and glory and honor in the name of Jesus. Everybody can stand and as we worship and close out, I'm just asking